Hello and welcome to the 15 Minute Mindset. We're back as promised. Yeah, it's that time again. Time to take just a few minutes out if you can. Get away from your screens and try to get a little bit of movement back into your day as well. Might just be a trip to the shop for your daily meal deal or a stroll around the block with a dog. It really doesn't matter because that's what the 15 Minute Mindset is all about. It's just about listening, engaging and hopefully doing so while you're doing a little bit of something else. Because from what I've seen over Zoom for the last few months, well, we all need a little bit of movement back into our days and we need a little bit of reflection time too. So, hello, welcome and thanks for joining me. My name's Rob Edwards. I'm the founder of Lifecycle Coaching and Lifecycle Audio, both of which are focused on providing a bit of a modern day twist on mental fitness, well-being and resilience. So if you joined us previously, thanks for coming back. If this is your first time, welcome. And it's great to have you with us for a little bit of headspace, a bit of reflection, and maybe a little bit of looking ahead as well. How does that all sound? So what have we got coming up in this week's episode? Well, this week, I want to focus a little bit on the topic of choice. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, choice is something that we always have, but we're not always aware that we have it. Sometimes we fail to see it, even when it's right in front of our own eyes. And in the right measure, choice can be a really good thing, because it forces us to consider our decisions carefully. But too much choice can easily lead to a bit of uncertainty, to procrastination, and maybe even occasionally to decision paralysis, where we simply give up. It's a bit like when you're skimming through Netflix and there's so many things to watch, you just sit there for 30 minutes to decide which to watch and then end up watching nothing at all, because it's a little bit too late then. But on the other end of the scale, if we're stripped of choice completely, well, that can lead us to feeling maybe a bit out of control, a bit restricted, And maybe it could lead to an increase in fear and anxiety. And we only really need to look at the impact of the last few months where we've all been stripped of choice to see that in action. So during this episode, I'd like to share a couple of stories as examples of some choices that people have made. We'll define what we mean by choice. And then towards the end, we'll look at ways to question some of your own choices by just asking the simple question of, How many of them are conscious and how many of them are subconscious? Because there's a huge difference between the two. All that in 15 minutes. Well, that's the plan. We might run over a little bit, but if we do, that's okay. So the first story that I'd like to share is an example of how a simple binary choice helped to change someone's perception. And this story came out of another podcast that I produce called All About the Doubt that I co-produce each week with my son, Scott. Each week we have a guest on, and this week our guest was Simon Naylor. Simon is an actor and a director, and is also the founder and artistic director at 53.2 in Manchester. It's one of the best-loved arts venues and performance venues in the city. And we spoke to Simon this week about the impact that the last few months has had on him. And in this brief clip, which I'm just about to play, Simon reflects briefly on a very simple choice that he made during the recent period of lockdown. So I'll just rewind the tape and you can listen to what he says. 
it's really important that isn't it like getting out and i um i live in presswich and i without fail would come out of my house turn left get on the metrolink mm-hmm. and i didn't even know that if you turn right <laughs> there was acres and acres of forest land and green space and, and rivers and I'd in lived presswich there. in presswich mate i was absolutely mind blown and then every day came out of my house and turned right during the lockdown how yeah. long have you lived in presswich oh like four years now <laughs> literally did not know <laughs> And I was absolutely mind blown, and and then just the idea of getting out and walking around that was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was great for me. Yeah, crikey, turn right. As you heard, it's just a very simple take on the concept of choice, and one that we can no doubt all relate to. The simple choice that Simon faced that day was to either a do the usual thing, turn left and have exactly the same type of day that he always had, or b turn right and do something a little bit different to the norm. Well, as you heard, on this occasion, he chose to turn right. And that simple decision formed a shift in perspective, a shift of what it was like to live in Prestwich. Four years he'd lived there, always turning left to go to work without knowing what was on his doorstep, without knowing what was just around the corner. And it was only when he broke that habit that he saw things in a different light. But let's just take that concept a little bit further and let's substitute Prestwich for something a bit bigger. Because by looking at the bigger picture here, we can hopefully start to see that the consequences of the choices that we make subconsciously, whether out of habit or familiarity or comfort, can really shape our perceptions of ourselves and our environment. So in order to do this, let's look at what choice actually is. And to do this, there are two definitions that I'd like to explore. Firstly, it is defined as an act of choosing between two or more possibilities. For example, do we watch a thriller or a romance tonight? Do we go shopping now or later? Would you like chips or salad with that? Chips. It's always chips. However, choice is also defined in a different way, as the power to make a decision, which is really interesting. And to a certain degree, it's quite comforting, because that elevates the idea of choice up a level up from the simple initial choice that is presented to us to actually having the power in ourselves to decide. So there's a subtle difference, but it's a big difference because that puts the power right back into our own hands. It's ultimately up to us to decide. So if we break that down a little bit further, we can see that our lives are obviously ultimately a series of choices that we make. And it therefore goes without saying that we are where we are now. We live our lives as we do now, largely as a result of past decisions that we've made. So we choose where we want to live. We choose whether to be employed or self-employed. We choose the type of job that we want to do. And we choose whether we want to be in a relationship or not. All of those decisions, they are all choices that we've made at one point or another. But here's the thing to keep in mind at all times, because even if something, even if at times it feels like something was not our choice, for example, we might lose our job. Our relationships might come to a sudden and an unexpected end. Or we might find ourselves, for example, in the middle of a global pandemic that closes down the entire world's economy. Mm. How unimaginable is that? I mean, that's the stuff of pure science fiction, right? Yeah. Well... The fact is that even in those scenarios where something may not have been our choice, well, we still ultimately have the power to choose how it affects us. And that's pretty comforting when we think about it that way. 
You see, as human beings, we're intelligent creatures, which means that we're fortunate to have both the biological and the neurological tools required to make choices. But despite having this power in our hands, we often fail to see it and we often fail to use it because there's a certain irony here. Yeah, we might well be intelligent creatures, but we're also creatures of habit. And in a world of constant change where nothing stays the same forever, we're the ones who crave sameness and we're the ones who crave familiarity and security. And sometimes because of that, we can find it really hard to accept change and we can find it hard to make different decisions and we can find it hard to take a different path and we can find it hard to make new choices. But here's the added irony. We find those things hard even when we know deep down that our current chosen path is taking us off in the wrong direction. So the first question that I'd like to pose is where do those automated, where do those subconscious choices actually come from? Well, in order to consider that, I'm going to list out a number of statements. And these statements are all examples of some deeply ingrained belief systems that we maybe tell ourselves over the years, which, when we repeat them often enough to ourselves, well, we end up believing them. For example, we might hear ourselves saying things like, I'm not very good at maths, or I always feel shy in unfamiliar situations, or I find it really difficult to open up about my emotions. I can't do that because I wish I was more confident with people. I must always turn left. I'm a perfectionist. I could go on. Lots and lots of things we tell ourselves. But a lot of these belief systems that we carry around with us that shape our decisions and therefore shape our choices, well, they're all built on past experiences and they're all built on our perceptions of previous events. And so the question that I'd like you to consider here is how many of your current choices are based on those old belief systems? Are you where you are today because of those old belief systems? And importantly, if those belief systems were true once, well, are they still true now? Because even if they're not true now, well, there's a good chance that they will still be affecting our choices and they could well be holding us back. So in order to explore this a little further, I'd like to take you back a little bit in time and back as far as 1975 and to Cologne in Germany. And in 1975, there was a girl called Vera Brandes and she was a 17-year-old student. She was also an avid jazz fan and she was a part-time concert promoter. And at the age of just 17... Vera had arranged for Keith Jarrett, the most famous American composer and jazz pianist, to come to Cologne to play a concert to a sellout crowd of 1,400 people at the Opera House. And that's some achievement for a 17-year-old. So it was the 24th of January 1975 and the day of the concert and Vera was at the Opera House ready to greet Keith Jarrett when he arrived. It was raining heavily, it was freezing cold. And it's worth noting at this point that not only was Keith Jarrett famous for some amazing jazz improvisations, he was also an absolute perfectionist. And for the concert that evening, 
he'd requested that a Bosendorf Imperial Grand Piano had been made available. And Vera had arranged it. But there was a problem. Because when Vera nervously walked Keith onto stage that afternoon, just a few hours before the concert was due to take place, the piano that had been positioned in place on stage was not the Bosendorf Imperial that was requested. It was nothing like it. And the piano that Keith Jarrett was now sat at was instead a very old, very sick rehearsal piano that normally lived backstage. And it had seen much better days. It was out of tune and it needed hours and hours of tuning to even make it playable. It was weak. It was really tinny instead of sounding rich and full. And the sound it made didn't fill anywhere near the open space of the huge opera house. And to make it even worse, the pedals didn't even work. And so there was no way that Keith Jarrett could play that piano live to 1,400 people that evening, not being the perfectionist that he was. And so, just a few hours before people were due to arrive, much to Vera's horror, he left. And so staring absolute disaster in the face, Vera had a choice to make in that moment, to either give in or to fight. And she chose to fight. But there was no way that a new piano could be delivered and tuned in time, and so she arranged for a team of technicians to set about work on the old piano, doing whatever they could do to make it playable. And then she dashed outside into the freezing cold rain, and she found Keith Jarrett sat in his car. And Vera stood in the cold and the freezing rain and through the open window of the car pleaded with everything that she had for him to play that evening. Well then Keith Jarrett had a choice to make. To either walk away or to risk his entire reputation on a battered old piano that was in no way fit for purpose. The decisions weren't easy. It was the difference between a conscious and a subconscious decision. The difference between being led by fear or being led by bravery. At 11.30 that night, Keith Jarrett walked onto the stage at the Cologne Opera House in front of 1,400 eager and excited people. He sat down at the very same piano that he'd walked away from just hours before. And over the next one hour, three minutes and ten seconds, he hammered away at that sick old piano with a passion and an honesty, and an intensity that was obvious to everyone in the room. And he produced one of the most beautiful pieces of music that has ever been made. That piece of music is called the Cologne Concert, and it is now the best-selling piano album in history, with global sales of more than three and a half million. The music that you heard under that story isn't it, by the way, because, to be honest, it's way too beautiful to talk over but I would strongly encourage you to give it a listen and I'll provide a link to it in the notes. So how can we start to summarise all of this? Well, it goes to prove that even in the most difficult of circumstances, even when we seem to be stripped of choice and even when things seem to be completely stacked against us, that it's possible, even in those most dire of circumstances, to surprise not only ourselves, but to surprise other people as well. So the next time you're faced with a difficult choice and you feel your automatic response starting to kick in, 
If you feel compelled to turn left instead of right. If you feel the need to run and hide as opposed to facing the challenge. And if you hear yourself telling yourself that you can't or that you shouldn't because of your old belief systems holding you back or because maybe you're too perfectionistic. Well, maybe in those moments, just take a few minutes to pause and reflect. Because it might be that you're actually on the verge of doing something beautiful. And there are a few simple questions that you can ask yourself. For example, am I holding myself back here? Am I thinking the same thoughts I always think? Am I making the same choices that I always make? Because the simple fact is that whilst we may not always be in control of what happens to us, we are definitely in control of how we choose to respond to that event. And it always comes down to a matter of choice. So I guess that brings us to a close. Hopefully you found it a useful and an enjoyable experience. I hope so. Maybe it's provoked a little bit of thought, encouraged a little bit of reflection. And if it has, then great. I hope you come back again next week. But if not, do you know that's okay as well? But here's what I really hope. I just hope it's got you up and away from your desk, if only just for a few moments. So thanks for giving it a listen. If you know of anyone else who you think might quite like this, well, by all means, send them the link and ask them to listen as well. Please let me know what you think. It'd be great to get some comments and some questions. The more the merrier. Send them through to us. Because it really helps to shape this conversation moving forward. So thanks again. I'm Rob Edwards. This is the 15-Minute Mindset. And I'll see you again really soon. Take care. Bye-bye.